Welcome to the latest Buff Zone podcast. I'm Brian Howell, and please be joined once again by my colleague Pat Rooney. And Pat coming uh, live from Las Vegas, where he's out uh, there for Pac-12 basketball media days, the last one for the Buffs. And Pat, how you doing? Good. Live from Vegas, you can't beat it. Yeah, that's uh, fantastic. I hope you're having a good time out there. And as we're doing this, uh, you had Women's Basketball Media Day today, and then um, you know we're we're taping this late on on Tuesday night, but uh, you'll have men's basketball uh, media day on Wednesday. And so real quick before we get into football, um, you know, what were your impressions of women's basketball media day? And you know, what's the the scene like out there? Yeah. You know, it's obviously almost like a pall hanging over the affairs. Right. I mean, because this is the last go round and we don't even know if there's going to be a PAC 12 in the future. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, no one, it, it, it's weird. What, not a lot of questions about realignment. I mean, I think we might get a little more of that at the men's event, but, uh, you know, I talked with J.R. Payne, uh, just a little bit about it and, you know, it's bittersweet for some of these coaches, you know, J.R. has worked in the West. I mean, she played in the West. She's been a West Coast coach. I mean, she's only been involved with the Pac-12 per se since she joined CU. Uh, but obviously anyone that follows West Coast college athletics follows the Pac-12. And, you know, she was talking about how she's close with a lot of the coaches and a lot of the league administrators. And, uh, you know, it's a little like uh, it's just like, uh, you know, a breakup or, or saying goodbye to old friends at graduation or something like that. You're just it's moving on and it doesn't mean that life will be worse or, you know, things will be bad going forward for your program. Uh, but it's bittersweet, you know, saying saying goodbye to folks and, uh, you know, kind of going through something for the last time. So be interesting to see how it goes for the the men's event, I mean, the other side of it is the Pac-12 women's basketball should be really strong once again this year. So, uh, you know, almost like the, the football season, it's, you know, kind of unfortunate that it's good for the league, obviously, that they have uh, such good competition, but uh, kind of bittersweet again that uh, it's happening in the last go-round for the league. Yeah, you know, I was chatting with her at practice uh, a week ago or so, and um, she was wondering about, you know, what's it going to be like this year with, I mean, all the PAC 12 employees not knowing what their future is. And you're kind of joking about, right. I kind of made the joke, like would this year feel like, you know, a little senioritis for some of the PAC 12 people, like it's like your last year of high school and you're just ready to be done, you know? Um, so hoping that that doesn't happen to where, you know, uh, people don't take this year seriously. Hopefully uh, everybody involved takes it seriously because, it is going to be really good basketball, especially on the women's side. I think on the men's side too, and uh, the Buffs certainly um, could have a really good team this year. So um, I'm hoping that it's a really uh, good last year of the Pac-12. You and I have talked about it, you know, a lot, but um, I know I'll miss the Pac-12 in general. Um, you know, and, and in basketball, some of the matchups are you know are, were a lot of fun. So um, I'm excited for at least one more year of covering those games. And for the record, the Pac-12 didn't appear to really skimp on the amenities here. Uh, the food was nice and, you know, fed us two meals. And uh, the setup was real nice. Obviously, the first time having it in uh, Las Vegas after vacating the headquarters uh, in in downtown San Francisco. So uh, it's been, you know, actually, there's a lot going on over here right now. Uh, Monday, I, you know, I got in Monday night. And right when Monday night football was wrapping up, 
the Stanley Cup champion Las Vegas Knights are playing right now as you and I are speaking in their uh, season opener and raising the banner nights at the arena. And then tomorrow we have uh, a WNBA finals game going on in New York and just a few blocks away, uh, run a show by the crazy at the crazy new venue, the sphere uh, with you with two playing a residency there. So a uh, lot of stuff going on in, in sports and entertainment. Otherwise in this little corner of the strip here. Yeah. Las Vegas always known for that, I guess. <laughs> so well, enjoy, enjoy men's basketball media day tomorrow, but let's talk about some football. Uh, you know, the buffs, at sitting at four and two at the halfway point of the season, much better than a lot of people thought they were going to be. Um, you know, but Coach Prime, obviously, after this last game, they beat Arizona State 27 24. They need a not last second, but with 12 seconds left, Alejandro Mata kicks a field goal to to win the game. And uh, he was not happy with the performance, but uh, it's only the second time they've ever won down in Tempe. And, uh, you know, four and two, uh, those starts don't come around very often for Colorado. So, to me, they're sitting in a really good spot, but I know it's not up to Coach Prime's standards. So halfway point of the season, I think you got to be fairly happy with it, but also maybe even more so happy because knowing that they can play better than what they're doing. Yeah, pretty interesting to see how kind of the standards are changed. You would think just being 4-2 and two would be cause for elation itself, and I know Buffs fans are excited. They should be. Good stuff going on, but... Uh, this is still a team that hasn't put it all together yet. Uh, the slow starts offensively have, you know, kind of gone from being a nuisance to a habit that this team, you know, really needs to break. You know, maybe they can get away with it this week in Stanford, but against the rest of the schedule, that's going to be hard to overcome. And, uh, you know, still kind of looking to play that that complete the game. The, uh, the defense was okay at Arizona State, still gave up a lot of yards, but managed to get a handful of sacks and tackles for loss to, to counteract that. And, you know, still kind of spotty on offense. We did see the special teams step up. You mentioned Alejandro Mata booting the late field goal. He had two in the fourth quarter and just a really huge punt return as well from Xavier Weaver to, to set up another score in that fourth quarter. So uh, four and two, great. They're in good position to, to knock off Stanford this week and, and need just one more win the rest of the way to get to a bowl game, which obviously would be, a huge accomplishment for this program, but uh, you also have to feel kind of, uh, I don't know, eager if you're the buffs and, and, you know, maybe knowing that you still have not yet played your best football. Yeah. And even, even with the special teams, you mentioned, they still, it's an adventure with kickoffs, right? You know, two of them right. out of bounds, but- you know, there was uh Mark Vassett was really good most of the night. I mean, he punted way too much seven times, six of them were really good, but then he shanked one of them, you know, so even with some of the good things, there's a little bit of that bad. And, um, you know, I think for me, some of the big question marks are, you know, are, are these things that are just going to, you have to live with, with this team because we're halfway through the season now. And, you know, uh, looking at the stats, I mean, this defense is, you know, really they're at the bottom of the pack 12. I mean, scoring defense, uh, they're 11th Stanford is 12th, but it's only a, 0.4 difference uh total defense as far as yards given up they're last uh 20 yards more than stanford's giving up who's 11th so we got the we got the worst defenses in the pac 12 coming up this week at Folsom field so uh they're last in run defense they're 11th in passing defense and uh they're 11th and third down defense this is all the buffs i'm talking about so um i mean this defense halfway through the season has not been very good and you, know, you have to wonder can they 
is this just who they are? I mean, they're going to have to live with this probably. I mean, I don't see a dramatic change defensively where all of a sudden they're going to start stopping people. Um, there are, I think there are certain things you can fix. You can get off to those better starts. Uh, you can eliminate some of those, uh, um, shanks and some of those, uh, kickoffs out of bounds, hopefully. But, um, I think some of those things you're just gonna have to live with the rest of the season. Right. Yeah, I totally agree with you on that. I mean, you're not going to see a sudden turnaround with this defense. You know, what's made them even viable at all is, is the ability to, to make big plays. But against Arizona State, was a, they did get some sacks. I believe it was five sacks and eight total tackles for loss that uh, really helped turn, you know, tilt things a little bit in, in the Buffs' favor. Uh, but they're not going to turn around and be a dominating defense down the stretch, and, and they play some pretty good offenses as well in the second half of the season. Uh, what What's kept them above water, as I was saying, is the ability to get turnovers. They didn't get any at Arizona State. They need to get some against Stanford. They're going to need to get some it's against some of the better teams. You know, maybe the return of, of, of Travis Hunter, you know, that secondary has been able to make plays. It sounds like I wasn't at the press conference today, obviously being in Las Vegas, but it sounds like Travis Hunter is on the comeback trail, a, a, a game earlier than expected. Um, maybe he helps with that on the defense, but yeah, I mean this for, for the rest of you, they're, they're basically, you know, I've referenced it a couple times to myself. Uh, it's basically a, a bend but don't break sort of units. They're going to give up a lot of yards. It's just who they are at this point. Uh, but they need to make the big plays to to be effective and keep this team in games. And you know what? I would kind of say the same thing about the offensive line, at least in terms of this is who they are, uh, to your point. You know, there's not backups waiting in the wings that are they're going to get start and all of a sudden – anchor that offensive line and, and, and turn things around. The guys that are playing are the guys that are going to keep playing. And again, I don't expect to see some huge turnaround over the last six games. They just have to wait, find a way, whatever it is to, to be more effective and, and to keep the rush off of Shador Sanders. Um, I think that was one thing that I don't know if alarming is quite the word I would use, but you could see Shadur getting visibly frustrated at Arizona State for, and maybe he has been, but he's kept it under control. It's the first time it was really visible to me, anyway, uh, at the Arizona State game. And if he keeps taking uh, the beatings that he has, I would imagine that's only going to get worse. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, the one thing that could change offensive line wise is you've got to scheme around it somehow, right? Uh, they, they they maybe got to do a better job of. Um, getting rid of the ball quicker. Um, you know, I don't know what you got to do, but you got to scheme around it somehow. I think that getting Travis Hunter back helps. Um, you know, our, our colleague Adam Munster Tiger made a great point on a video we did today that, um, you know, Shadur Sanders mentioned after the game the other day with Javon Antonio having a little breakout that that comes from their double teaming Xavier Weaver, you know, and frankly, without Travis Hunter, Xavier Weaver is the biggest weapon on, on the field receiver wise. You bring Travis Hunter back, now all of a sudden, you know, that opens things up because you can't double both those guys and um, you've got a really good receiver open there. So that could open things up there and uh, we'll see what kind of impact that makes. I think that can make a big impact just having him back. But uh, I mean, they've got to get some of those things going, maybe scheme wise to where uh, it's not such a liability with that offensive line. And then uh, I think this is a, a huge game for the buffs. There's an opportunity here to, 
get right on some of those things. We've kind of, I've mentioned a get right game before, but I think this is a big time opportunity for a get right game. I mean, uh, get a good start, get that feel of scoring a touchdown early, you know, get some uh, turnovers, get some stops on defense, do some things that you haven't done normally, just so you can get that feel of it and maybe take that momentum into a bye week. Yeah, I agree about this being a sort of get right game. One more point on the, you mentioned scheming to maybe counteract the shortcomings of the O-line. You know, I feel like they've tried to do that the last few games. USC, they came out short throws, tried to get the ball out of Shadour's hands as quickly as possible. Arizona State, they kind of started out the same way. But when your best weapons are your wide receivers and your best players, your quarterback, and you have a very limited running game, there's only so much damage you can do with the quick, short passes. You're going to need to drop back and get the ball downfield. And unless you have some more tricks in your bag, uh, that, that's going to be hard to do and, and keep Shadur upright at the same time. So I feel like they've tried to do that. There's only just so much you can do when, you're, when your offense is uh, a bit imbalanced at the, at, at the moment with the run game. And again, we've talked about it. They, they don't need to be a 50-50 running and passing, but they need to be more effective on that front to open things up for that offense. But to your right. other point, I, I, was, I was actually thinking that the same day. Like They can't get off to a fast start and put a complete game together against Stanford they might be hard pressed to do it the the whole rest of the way this season. Yeah, I agree with you, and I think one thing that could help too is, you know, I've been waiting for Alton McCaskill to get going, and I asked Coach Prime about that this week, and um, he he was saying how it's been tough to get some of those guys carries because there's so many talented guys. Um, I, I agree with him, but at the same time, we've heard about all these talented running backs, and yet, you know, they're last in the Pac-12 in rushing offense. You know, so that's great to have all these talented running backs, but if you can't run the ball and you're not using them, you know, what does it matter? You know, Cavossier Smoke has two carries all season. Alton McCaskill has six. I know he's coming off injury, but um, he did tell us that, uh, um, you know, we're going to see Alton McCaskill this week. Uh, maybe that makes a difference. I like the way Anthony Hankerson's running, but if you can get that second guy going, um, you know, Hankerson and McCaskill together, Maybe that does something and, and get it going. And uh, one of the thought I had as far as those quick starts, Pat, is you know they've won every uh, coin toss at this point, and every single time they defer. You know, and I didn't get a chance to ask Coach this, but I wonder if if you win the coin toss this week, if you just take the ball, do something different, yeah. take the ball, and go down and score right away. Wouldn't be the worst approach. They did it in the overtime uh, against Colorado State. You know, the offense at that point had a little momentum going with the way they finished the game. So not the exact same situation, but the thinking of doing something outside the the, the normal box, uh, the way you would scheme those sort of things, certainly wouldn't be the worst idea in the world to get those guys out there and, and get rolling a little bit. You know, I think a lot of coaches like to have that possession to start the second half you know when they're kind of and 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 coach prime has talked about this wanting to kind of dictate the end of the first half knowing that you're going to get the ball to start the second half is a nice card to be able to play but you're right shaking things up and trying a different approach try to get that offense going a little bit sooner in games wouldn't be the worst idea in the world yeah and but even with that and i I agree with that point you want to have that ball to start the second half but you know they did that at ASU, 
and they go three and out to start the second half. So it doesn't really matter that you have the ball, right? Um, right. Same thing the week before USC, they go three and out um, in that first series of third quarter. So um, that hasn't helped them at all uh, to have the ball. Um, I'm looking back, they punted first series when they get it at Oregon. So uh, that hasn't helped them at all. Three and out again against CSU. So, um, <laughs> you know, that doesn't help them at all. So I, I would kind of like to see them if they win that coin toss, um, you know, take the ball or I'd like to see maybe Stanford win it and defer and then CU has to go on offense. I, I just think that might be a good approach for them, but either way, it doesn't matter if you get it first or second, you want to score early. You want to score often. And uh, I think this is a game to do that. So uh, let's get into our predictions. Um, you know, what do you think for this one? Yeah, I think we will see the closest thing to a complete game that we've seen this far, but you know, I, I, I still would be on guard if you're the buff. Uh, you know, some of the comments today from Alejandro Mata said that they weren't maybe quite as focused mentally going into Arizona State, uh, even though Arizona State had given USC a pretty good ball game in their home stadium previously. You know, Stanford obviously is struggling. Uh, they got smoked by USC. They got smoked by Oregon at home by the same score that the Buffs lost to Oregon in Eugene. Um, you know, they lost narrowly to Arizona and they went on the road and, and won. Obviously, Hawaii is not very good to open things up, but uh, I think they got to watch out. The bus do the Stanford's coming off a bye, they've got nothing to lose, they've had time to, you know, kind of lick their wounds and, and game plan for this one. Uh, the short week's not going to be an issue for them. I do think Colorado handles them. I think the offense will show up well. Uh, but, I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Stanford, you know, puts up a couple scores early and puts a little scare into our heart of bus fans. In the end, though, I think Colorado pulls away. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking something along the lines of about you know, 41-24. Okay. I'm thinking around the same thing. I mean, I think this is a game for Colorado to, as I said earlier, a get-right game. Um, I just don't think Stanford's very good. And, um, you know, I mentioned before, this is really the statistically, it's the two worst defenses in the Pac 12. Uh, but I think CU's offense is just dramatically better than Stanford's at this point. And, and then with the game being at Folsom Field, um, I think this is an opportunity for CU uh, to have a Nebraska like game as far as the score, the final score. Now, the Buffs need a better start than they had against Nebraska. But um, I think it's going to be that type of a final score. Uh, and I'm going to go with the Buffs. Uh, 42 to uh, 17 in this one. I think they win handily and uh, and get that fifth win and go into the bye week on a high note on a two-game winning streak. All right. Well, I will be back in plenty of time to join you for Friday Night Lights. Yeah, it'll be a late one, and uh, it'll be fun. Big week for you, uh, you know, Vegas time and uh, Friday Night Football, so it'll be a lot of fun. And a quick reminder before we sign off here, folks, if you want to catch a quick sneak preview of the men's basketball game uh they will be holding their annual black and gold scrimmage at the event center on friday ahead of the uh ahead of the football game they do this every year kind of open it up for the uh black and gold scrimmage doors open at the event center at 4 30 kind of uh, it's free it's open to the public come on in and, and watch the guys scrimmage get your first look at cody williams and uh, then head on over to the football game. That's what I'll be doing. Awesome. Again, what what time do the, do the doors open? Does the scrimmage start? 
four thirty scrimmage round five. Okay. Awesome. So it'll be a fun night uh, up in Boulder with men's basketball and football and Pat have fun at uh, men's basketball media day, have safe travels. And uh, I will see you on Friday. I will see you then. And as always folks, thanks for listening.